Welcome to episode 248 of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. I'm Eric Mickles. I'm Nick Gunning. And we talk book news, author news, and literary news. Yep. All of those things. In quarantine. Ahaha. Uh, it's even more fun because now, you know, yeah. no office and I'm just at my house all the time. So Yeah. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. How you doing, man? Uh, what's up? Not much. You know. How's uh, your computer monitor? Oh my gosh! Uh, t- it's been a, it's been a run of of bad luck, I would say. Mm-hmm. My son was uh, clipping the dog's leash to a, a giant stuffed chicken, as one does, and uh, <laughs> he pulled it off and then like swung it around. And I was like, "No, don't do that!" He swung it around, bam! Hit my computer monitor uh, a half an inch, less than a half an inch from the very bottom of it, and it just was like. Pshow! So now I can see about I'm going to say conservatively forty percent of my monitor screen. Wow. Yep, and then today, we've been getting a lot of uh, delivery orders of groceries and that sort of thing, things we can get. All uh-huh. been fine, no problems. Today, mm-hmm. we get a box, and it is just dripping. And so, Hello. we get it open, and a glass bottle of salsa has just mm. exploded inside. Not the salsa. Everything's covered with salsa. The cardboard boxes inside are all wet. I mean, it was a... Plus, I mean, there's tiny shards of glass and salsa covering all of our food, so... <laughs> It was <laughs> not a not a red yeah. letter day here, but yeah, we're doing all right. I, I'm wearing a sick Hawaiian shirt, mm. um, and uh, you know I'm feeling good. So how about you? Any disasters? <laughs> I mean, similar some, to mine, or everything's fine? no no disasters. Some days are better than others. Today was warmer with a nice breeze, and nice. Uh, I took the dogs out. There's a park, and so like I'll take them around that park a couple of times. Yeah, and it's it's good for all of us. Okay, so yeah. Other than that, I've just been in a habit of like maybe i play a game at night for a little bit and then i go watch a movie on the criterion channel nice and then i go to bed so you re-upped your subscription well <laughs> my subscription ran out yeah I was, but I, my yeah. wife is the one who got it for me yeah which means i was able to apply for two weeks of oh trial. wow so I've been uh, I've been using that two week free trial at the moment to uh, how how many have I watched on the two one two three four five six seven I've watched seven on the free trial. You should watch Robert. So Altman's... It's basically been one night. Yeah. Okay. Well, you should watch Robert Altman's Three Women, which co-stars our friend John Davy, who we had on the show a few episodes. John Davy. Yeah. 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 So check that out. And I mean, while we're talking about movies, that's a perfect segue into our topic today. This is part two of our at-home recommendations. Last week we talked books. Today we're going to be talking uh, movies to watch while locked away in your house. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Did you follow a similar pattern that you did last week and not really have any criteria or uh, <laughs> any, any rubric to choosing these movies? Because once again, I just sort of went with what I felt like would be fun to watch. I don't know. You'll have to tell me. I feel like they do kind of actually fit a theme. Oh, okay. But maybe I'm wrong Okay. this time. All right, well. So we'll see. I'm excited to see. Let's open up the old book bookmark. Parts. Yeah, let's do it. Bookmark. I saw on I saw on Goodreads you had a little progress in that Patrick Rothfuss book. It's true. Oh man, the problem with reading a book that is a thousand pages is mm-hmm. every hundred pages is only ten percent. So true. every time I think of getting close. Yeah. It's just like, you've read 600 pages, I've read 60%. Yep. Anyway, 
I'm now 70% done with this book. I've got 300 pages to go. I'm in the home stretch. That's nice. Speaking of thousand page books, my Goodreads, uh, my, my like Facebook memories for today reminded me of our Battlefield Earth episode in which I read all 1,000 pages oh of gosh. Battlefield Earth. That's right. So, that was another thousand page monster. It was. It was. Get an editor. Episode I mean, 194, everybody. Go back and listen to a deep dive into Battlefield Earth, episode 194. I mean, I guess in uh, Battlefield Earth's defense, a thousand pages isn't that long for a religious tome. That's <laughs> true. Shorter than the Bible, right? So. So. Know. Yeah, you know, recently That's true. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So that that book, I mean, it cracked me up. Listen, go go listen to the episode cuz I had a good time with that book and I was trying to find something else that had a similar like vibe to it. And so I typed mm-hmm. in multiple Bye. different ways like books like Battlefield Earth and the internet has no answer for me. I, I think it's mm-hmm. literally the first time that question has been asked. Yeah, that's true. They got <laughs> they got nothing, but anyway, right. you're you're trucking along. Uh, 10% yep, at a time. I'm along on uh, Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss, the second book. I tell you what, the first book, I still have very warm memories of it, but I wonder if I wouldn't like it now. I think I still would because the second one is so self-indulgent in his writing style okay. and just like, I'm going to spend 200 pages with the with our main hero in a, in a love grotto with this uh, elf woman. And it's like, cool, I'm glad that's what you wanted to write about. Uh, is this? It's one of these things, like he said it in it, on his, I remember on his page on the first book, and this was before the second one had come out. He's like, the second book's taking a lot of time. And he's like, plus, my book is different. And I'm like, Ooh. after I read that, I was like, shut up. Yeah, you hate but that. Reading with the reading the second book with the knowledge of that and how long it's taken for him to not finish the third book. Yeah. It's hard to not read this as slightly pretentious, but okay. when the book is happening, when things are happening in the book, I'm in it. It's just, if it's taken me five years to read, how in it am I really? Yeah. So, not at all. Anyway, I would argue not at all. Yeah, Although I'm going to finish it. It's 300 pages. I'm going to be done. I, ha- I mean, that was my situation with Blonde, too. I read like 600 yeah. pages of it and then years later went back and finished this. And I was very yeah. invested in that book. It just, you know. That happens, too. Yeah. It, that yeah. is not happening with this book. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to finish it. Okay. I just finished The World Without Us by Alan Wiseman. Oh, yeah. The book is not interesting. The book <laughs> is boring. The What those shows do and that miniseries does is it will ju- it just focuses on the what happens when people are gone. Right. Like what happens to the Hoover Dam, what happens to dogs and all this stuff. And it's interviewing like sci-fi authors and like sociologists and all this stuff. And that's interesting. The book spends so much time just explaining like if you want a book that's explaining how crappy we've treated the planet then this book is is fine it does that but that's like i know that right that's not why i picked up this book i wanted to read about like how much better the world is without people and it's like every five paragraphs will then lead into one paragraph of when we're gone oh okay and so it's just not interesting when it's doing what you want, it's like, okay, do more of this. But it's mostly like, this is how much of this and this. And it's just, it's like, ugh. I finished X-Force Volume 2, The Counterfeit King. This is setting up the new status quo for Kid Cable. Kid Cable? Kid Cable. Like yeah, a, I could ex- is it like a Tiny Toon Adventures pup named Scooby-Doo it's situation? It's like a teenage, it's a teenage Cable. Okay. I don't like Kid Cable for a couple of reasons, but the this X-Force series by Ed Brinson has been entertaining. Okay. I, I also read The Punisher Year One, which is fine, but doesn't really do 
much. Okay. It's four it's four issues, but it really took a while to get there. And I mean if you're more into Jigsaw, then his origin is also in there, so cool, but I don't know. Right. Less interest. Okay. Uh so that's it. <sighs> I'm currently reading a Star Trek Enterprise book, and I've read, this is maybe the second or third of these that I've ever read. We're doing it for a, a book club, and it's uh, so the biggest Enterprise fan. It's his birthday, and so we're, we're reading an Enterprise book. But it's actually pretty fun, and it's interesting And because... it's not you. No, it's not. No, it's not. She it's, it's, that on record. Nick's it's not our, the biggest Enterprise fan. No, it's our mutual friend, Michael. Uh, Enter- ah, Enterprise he... was his Star Trek. So oh, He's like the same age as me. Yeah weird you know what i'll say that my mom actually really likes enterprise and i guess it's because she doesn't care so much about like canon or continuity yeah so like if you i I guess if you put that aside enterprise is more entertaining does your mom just have a crush on scott bakula is that why she likes that i don't know i don't know i'd have to ask about that she does have a crush on Riker. oh okay that makes sense that makes sense. Anyway, this is this is kind of a fun book though because it's split 50-50 with like the main crew going down and doing a first contact mission and the second mm. second half of the book. So it's you know, it's going back and forth, which is kind of given equal weight. A lot of the lower level crew members are doing an old school like RPG Dungeons and Dragons style. Huh. And like that's really what it it's like 50% you're following their game, their tabletop game, the other mm-hmm. half uh, they're down to it in the first contact, so it's been kind of fun. I'm also reading Brian Michael Bendis' Avengers Run. I read the first volume, and now I'm going back and reading uh, Avengers Prime, which happens a little bit before where I'm at now, but I was just trying to like mm-hmm. pick up the pieces. And I have, to, uh, I have to agree with you in some ways, because I know that you're not a fan of his dialogue, and you hate when he writes team dialogue. I feel like I liked it more than you did, but I also know what you mm-hmm. mean, because it seems like... He has a tendency to just do, like, style over what makes sense to any given character. So it's like, Mm. if there's a scene where he has, like, a quippy little, like, back and forth that he wants to do, it doesn't really seem to matter what two characters those are with. So if that means, like, for this scene, Wolverine has to sound like a Gilmore girl, then that's fine. That's what we need to do for the scene. And then we just move on. There are some writers who, like, you could just do a radio drama of, like, their superhero team dialogue and i could like tell which character is which but bendis is not one of those at all okay like you can read chris claremont's x-men and you know exactly which x-men yeah is being read but yeah bendis's avengers you're right it's just like everybody's being written by aaron sorkin and yeah my problem with the also is that bendis would be like all right here's the first issue we've made a team and then like a villain attacks that team and i'm like what what is the plot what is what is the purpose of any of this bendis yeah but the first are you going to read Siege? Because you're reading all the post-Siege stuff. When you were reading Siege, I read some of the Siege books that you were getting through in your library loan. I did finish all some right. stuff. I read Marie Lou's Black Widow. So this was just mm-hmm. listed five issues. The, so, uh, yeah. the Black Widow that I read, oh. I guess it was uh, put together in 2005, is by Richard K. Morgan, okay. who is the one who wrote Altered Carbon. Oh, interesting. I've never connected that, but okay. I ended up liking that series. Maybe mm-hmm. you will, maybe you won't. Maybe. Okay. So... Anyway, uh, Mark Wade did a uh, Black Widow. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten to that yet. I think I think that's the next. I think that's the next thing. So maybe, so maybe I will do that. But I also picked up Secret Avengers, which I'd been reading. I guess I'm in like a Marvel 2010 2011 <laughs> situation. That's Seems fine. like kind of mostly what I'm reading at the moment. I did finish a novel. Uh, well, actually, it's more a collection of short stories called Little Weirds. It's by Jenny Slate, who. Hmm. 
who's from SNL or Parks and Rec. It's short stories and some flash fiction, and it really lives up to its name. It's a very bizarre style, and it's like she she picks apart the weirdest little things and gives them personalities and and different uh, different sort of mechanisms to get through these little tales. And I found it just very compelling. I, I gave it five stars. I thought it was really good. So okay. that was that was I haven't heard of that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then I read. Oh, this is a weird one. Have you read the Spider Man Black Cat uh, series that no. Kevin Smith wrote? Oh, no. It is very strange. And it's one of the ones, it's like six issues, I think. And the first half was written, and then it was finished like three years later. And it is such a weird jump between those issues, because the first three are very, like, fun and flirty, and, you know, Mm -hmm. it is very, like, it's dialogue-heavy and jokey and everything. The second half goes really darkly into, like, a sexual abuse storyline that just, (sighs) it was... No, I don't know. No, it, it didn't work at all. And it really didn't gel with the start of the story. So it was very strange. Uh, I was not a fan. And speaking of things I'm not a fan of, I also read Stars and Stripe by Jeff Johns. <laughs> so this mm-hmm. is uh, this is the introduction, really. Like this is the first showcase for the character Stargirl that Jeff Johns created. I've read some like Justice Society comics that she's been in. And of course, you know, Justice League Unlimited or uh, her. Right. She recurs in Smallville quite a bit. And so I am familiar with the character, but this I just thought, I think a lot of it is just the look of the book I just hated so much. It's all these really muted colors and all, it's all washed out. And it's it's very cheesy 90s art, like the Young Justice mm. art of, of like DC's 90s. It's it's very bad. It's very bad. But I read that sort of in preparation for the Stargirl show that's on the DC app slash right. the CW. Are you, is this anything you're interested in? Are you planning on watching it? I mean, I'm so behind on the superhero stuff, and being in quarantine has not spurred that even more. So, yeah, yeah. and I, I'm kind of with you on that because we've been keeping up with Legends yeah. of Tomorrow and Batwoman, but we've not watched like a single episode since we've been. Honestly, if something's if something's more than a 20 minute sitcom, I'm not watching the show right now. Yeah, is how it's been. Anyway. Hey. Anyway, I uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm interested in Star Girl in that. I mean, it's got a good cast, Luke Wilson and all that. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, and it's kind of what's his name in it too. Uh, Joel, Joel McHale. McHale, yeah. Isn't he playing uh, a hero? Yeah, he's like Starman or something. Yeah, anyway. I thought he was uh, Stripes. <laughs> Who's Stripes? <laughs> um, okay, I know that might be Luke Wilson, but anyway, I'll, I mean, I'll probably stick it out at least at least for this first season. It's interesting because it it did basically its whole first season being exclusively for the uh, DC Universe app. And then in the last minute, they were like, oh, it's also going to be on CW. So it's like... It's a mess. It's premiering on the app, and then the next day is going to be on CW, which is strange. But anyway, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If it's it's great, are you going to hop on board? No. Okay. Not not new, anyway. I'll have to catch up with all the other stuff. Yeah. I really think I'd be a lot more interested in it if it was just a one and done. You know, if they Mm. just made like a 12-episode like mini series sort of thing. I now, think why I doesn't DC do that? Cause I, then they don't have all the bad press when they cancel shows before know. they even air it. Yeah. I don't know. Stop announcing like ongoing series. Be like, we'll do a first season and it will yeah. be closed. And if we do a second one, it will be like a sequel series. I think, not yeah, just... exactly. I think doom patrol would have been stronger for that too. Really. Mm, if it yeah. was, if it was a tighter thing, yeah. who knows? Uh, you want what? to get into some book news? Yeah. All right. That's What's the on New York the old... Times bestsellers list. Yeah, let's see what it is. All right. On the New York Times bestsellers list for print and ebook fiction combined. They still don't separate ebook. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. But anyway, 
Uh, number 10 is Normal People by Sally Rooney. Isn't this a show on Netflix right now? Oh, I think it is. Yeah. A connection right. between a high school star athlete and a loner ebbs and flows when they go to Trinity College in Dublin. It might actually be on Hulu. The point is, Normal People is a thing out there right now. It is on Hulu, by the way. Nice. Nine. All Adults Here by Emma Straub. A repressed memory triggers Astrid Strick to weigh the outcomes of her parenting of her now-grown children. Astrid Strick. Hmm. That sounds like, I mean, that's like Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, number eight, Walk the Wire by David Baldacci, the sixth book in the Memory Man series. Decker and Jameson investigate a murder in North Dakota town. In oh, a fracking no. Boom. Fracking boom. <laughs> Uh, number seven, Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. I'd take one of those. A Big Summer? Yeah. yeah. Big Summer with the hot dog, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Big Summer, Daphne Berg's former best friend asked her to be the maid of honor at her wedding in Cape Cod. Speaking of Daphne, are you going to watch Scoob now that it's coming straight to TV? I guess so. You know what yeah. I never watched was that live action Velma and Daphne movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it was very popular at the library. Mm. I think people like I don't know. Okay. But that weird like Scoob beginnings one. Was. Yeah. Yeah. With Robbie so, and Scoob the movie. I'll be interested in your son watching it cold because in the preview Scoob is just talking. Hmm. Like Scooby Doo is just having like straight up conversations. <laughs> It's weird. He's just like, I don't think that's what we're really supposed to be doing here, Shaggy. You know, that was a solid Scooby-Doo that you just Thank did. you. But it, watching it, I'm just like, ah, no. Yeah. Anyway, it'd be interesting to see if, like, your son, who's watched a fair amount of Scooby-Doo in his life. Yes. Be like, that's not what Scooby-Doo does, or right. if he just accepts it. Yeah. I think he'll so, roll with it, honestly. I you think, think so? I think so. Okay. Because I've, uh, I've watched stuff with him, and he can be very argumentative at the TV. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I watched a Pokemon. I watched the Pokemon series with him once, and you guys were way ahead. And so, like, when Team Rocket and Meowth were there and causing problems for Ash and his Pokemon, he was yelling at the TV like, "Hello, your friends!" And I'm like, I don't know how to tell him that we're, we're yeah. behind. Yep, that so, sounds right. We'll see if he's just like Scooby. You can't talk like that. Yeah, he might be. Anyway, number six, Shadow Fight by Christine Feehan. Mm. The fifth book in the Shadow Rider series, Tavino Ferrero steps outside his crime family's rules to keep Nicolto Gomez safe. But which one's a werewolf? I was just going to say, somebody has yeah. to be some sort of supernatural hybrid yeah. who's also Trey Sexy. Yeah, super sexy, but also undead. Yeah. So, uh, number five, If It Bleeds by Stephen King, four novellas. So they're called Mr. Harrigan's Phone, The Life of Chuck, Rat, and If It Bleeds. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Maybe someday. Number four, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. In a quiet town on North Carolina coast in 1969, a one woman who survived in the marsh becomes a murder suspect. 87 weeks on the list. This list or all lists? Yeah, seriously. Little Fires Everywhere, Celeste NG's at number three, an artist yeah. that bends a quiet town. All right, number two, Camino Wins by John Grisham. The line between fact and fiction becomes blurred when an author of thrillers is found dead after the hurricane hits Camino Island. Are you going to read Camino Wins? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, I have right. I have hold I have a hold on it. On, Do you? Uh, on, on Libby. Yeah, it hasn't come nice. in yet, but yep. Uh number 1, The 20th Victim 
new this week by James Patterson and Maxine Pietro. Mm-hmm. You don't like Maxine Pietro. I don't. No, I don't. Uh, this is the Women's Murder Club. Yep. Lindsay so popular. Boxer looks so into the popular, though. Of the disruptible persons in three separate cities. Yeah, it's too bad the libraries are closed right now. Yeah. Because this is bread and butter, honey. It is. It is. That and a, and a Baldacci, man. Those yeah. two together, forget about it. We'll never yeah. see those books. John Grisham, Baldacci, and James Patterson. What are you guys doing? I know. Anyways, I know. that was number one, James Patterson. Okay. Women's uh, Murder Club. I don't have high hopes for this, but I am excited about the Hunger Games prequel that's uh, just come out. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for that. I loved the Hunger Games series. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I prefer the books to the movies, and I am ex- I am interested to see. But I think I would have preferred just a side story set after mm-hmm. the novels. It doesn't have to be like a sequel or a continuation. Right. Just something else going on in that world. I yeah. don't really need to see a village. I, it story, feels but. yeah. It just seems like you're if you're just doing more Hunger Games, then you're missing the point of your own series. Right. Yeah. And well, uh, and also, I mean, you've got Stephanie Meyer saying she's going to do an, an Edward-centric Twilight book, too. So No, it's the... Because there is an Edward-centric Twilight book. She wrote the first one, and it's Edward-centric. No, maybe I'm wrong. No, I think Oh, you know what? I'm gender. thinking the Grey series, and you're right. There's the gender-swapped one. No, but there is there is a gender-swapped Twilight, though, but it's right. not... It's not Twilight from Edward's perspective. Right. It's as if Edward right. was a woman and Bella was yeah. the man. On the plus side, the one and only Bob by Catherine Applegate is number one on hey, the children's. There we go. Cover. Okay. So nice. I was trying to see if we could find out, like, oh, look at this. Number four is the complete baking book for young chefs. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> what if we just bake? Yeah. Will you stop screaming if we bake? Yep. Okay. Well, are you ready for part two of our lockdown recommendations? Part two, Electric Boogaloo. I tried to hold myself to a list of 10. It was hard to not just say all of my favorite movies because that's what I want to watch. Yeah, I did, I did stop myself from picking like my favorite. So Jurassic Park is not on the list. Yeah, neither is Back to the Future on mine. But mm. you know what? Mm. Couldn't hurt to watch Back to the Future. <laughs> or Jurassic Park. So, yeah. uh, all right. Well, you want to give me your first one? My first one is the Lord of the Rings oh, series. Okay. Which also will include the Hobbit series. Okay. So all six movies, or just three, if you have to only pick three, if you can't do two trilogies at once, or what do you call it, a six-film thing? A oh. Sectilogy? Something like Look, that. if you can't do that, then it's obviously just the Lord of the Rings films. When we moved house, we didn't have cable. We didn't have internet. Okay. But we did have our Lord of the Rings things. And I tell you what, watching one of those a night for like a week really just like put things in a nice place for us during this oh, uh, quarantine. They're big, they're adventures, the characters are likable. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm singing the praises of the Lord of the Rings, but what I'm, the Hobbit series, I think I said this when I was watching them. Those three movies are better than I remember them. Mm-hmm. And especially the last one, I was surprised by Battle of the Five Armies. And they really do, like watching all six in a row is just like a nice Middle Earth tour and experience because yeah. The Hobbit goes places and locations. Like Lake Town is so different than what other yeah. what other places you see and whatnot. I don't know. It's just, If I had to pick like one series that you're going to watch, it, it's going to be those movies during this time. Okay. Because, I mean, it's just nice to hear like what are we fighting for sam that there's some good in this world and it's worth fighting for and it's just like oh that's nice that's a nice thing to hold true to during all of this yeah anyway i mean that's not a super adventurous pick on my end but it was definitely the one 
I had to pick first. For for my experience with those movies, and, and like, don't at me because I don't want to argue about the Lord of the Rings out oh, there. Oh, jeez. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no, listen. I was just going to say about, about the two trilogies, I feel like The Hobbit goes down a little bit more smoothly if you're not already, like, a fan of this stuff. Because of because of the characters involved and the way that the way that those movies are made, I think that if you know if you've been like afraid to watch these movies or like I don't want to watch that, I think The Hobbit is uh, is decent in that regard. Do you think that's true? Yeah, they are good. They are watching it this time. I thought I would have more problems. Yeah, but I find it pretty enjoyable. And then it just leads into Lord of the Rings. So yeah. you just go from strength to strength with that one. Yeah. All right. Well, Love. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with with genre then for a minute. And for my first, I'm gonna say the Star Trek motion picture trilogy. So I'm not talking about that's, like well, go on. Yeah. No. That's. Oh wait, the new one. No, I'm not talking about the J.J. Abrams Chris Pine okay. movies. I'm talking about right smack dab in the middle of the old series, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Star Trek for the Voyage Home. Mm. So those three. That's take, interesting. Those three together. Mm-hmm. You you can watch just the three of them because motion right. picture is is off in its own little world as are five and six, but two three and four, a right. story that begins in Wrath of Khan goes straight through. You don't have any breaks. It's just straight mm-hmm. through, uh, Voyage Home. And what it, what's nice about these movies is that you get sort of one of each thing. Like they each have a different tone and approach, and yet they all work together. That's Wrath, true. Wrath of Khan is, of course, you know, adventure and very like character driven, and it's it's action packed. Uh, Search for Spock yeah. is a little bit more contemplative, and you're like you're seeing their relationships, and there it's kind of a breather. You know, like we've had this intense right. thing. Now we're all kind of sad and don't know what to do, and so we're just sort of like <laughs> chilling. Four is the culmination of all that, and it's funny. So. Yeah. I think, uh, especially if you're not like a longtime Star Trek fan, you're just like vaguely familiar with it. I would recommend uh, the motion picture trilogy, and they actually sell it that way. I mean, you could yeah. you could go out and buy it as the motion picture trilogy. Mm. Uh, but two, three, and four: Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home. I think is yeah. the was Star Trek that I would recommend for these times. Uh, as not a hardcore like Trekkie myself, yeah, I think the first six Star Trek movie, the original cast. Star Trek movies are very entertaining. Oh yeah. So if uh, yeah, if you end up liking those three movies, then I, yeah, just watching the other three in that series, the next gen series are very hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, when we were going through with this latest rewatch, it's been more yeah. missed to me. I'm finding more that yeah. I don't like about them than the things that I yeah. actually like. So yeah. Anyway, what else you got? So I think it's the last genre pick I have: The Matrix. Oh okay, I considered I'm that actually. The Matrix. Uh, and not just because we're all trapped in something that feels an awful lot like a simulation right, right. now. Uh, like that we're playing The Sims and the player got real bored and then took away all the doors to our houses <laughs> and left us in a room with nothing but a bug zapper. Yep. Um, no, I I mean, it's still, it's still awesome. The Matrix is still awesome if you haven't watched it in a while. It's hard to pick, say things about Lord of the Rings and The Matrix in a way like, oh... Did you know The Matrix is a good movie? Yeah. But Hot take. I, I, I watched it recently, and it's just still so good. Like, the action is still so good, but, like, everything else about it is just still as enthralling as it was in 1999. So, yeah, I, I figure, like, <laughs> at least that one, I don't know, it explains itself. Okay. I, have, I don't know what to say about, like, The Lord of the Rings and The Matrix. Like, I always feel like I have to defend Jurassic Park in some way, but, like, who has to defend The Matrix? Yeah. I don't want to compare these like movie situations to our quarantine situations because everybody's situation right now is different. Yeah. And there are people who are struggling to 
even pay the rent, let alone pay food, let alone, you know, like there's, there's some people who are like, oh, I have to stay in, but you know, then they can order DoorDash and whatnot. And then there's some people like, I don't even know. So like, I don't want to compare like, oh, life is like the matrix right now, but it, it, it still has that escapist vibe to it. That like semi-familiar yeah. scene where like, you just want to scream because you, you feel trapped and, uh, yeah, the breakout. But mm-hmm. also, here's the thing. A lot of these movies that I've picked are people in our similar situation, and our hero's journey in these films are them, like, breaking out. When quarantine is finally over and we can leave, then we can all be Frodo because we all sacrifice to get through this. But anyway. So all that talk about how you weren't going to get into this during yeah, the Yeah, I'm sorry. And it's just... <laughs> All the movies are about, Preach. like, a lot of these movies I'm doing are yeah. people in these situations yeah. and breaking out. But I don't want people being like, yeah, I'm going to be like Andy Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. And I'm going to break out. It's like, no. You're, you have to be Andy Dufresne during the movie for a while. Right. Okay? Yeah. You have to be him for the however long he was in prison. Yeah. That's, your, that's our role right now. All right? Yeah. It's not pretty. Anyway, don't at me. <laughs> Looking over my list, I feel like I picked a lot that that have have very narrow scope or really self-contained kind of stories. Uh, so some of them, some of them do I think apply to our situation, but a lot of them don't, and it's just more a sense of like just follow this little path for a while and see where it goes. So the first uh, in that regard is the film Patterson, starring Adam Driver. Have you seen this? No. It's a very simple movie. It's, he's a depressing. No, it's not depressing. He he has oh. sort of a low-level job. Um, and his wife is a baker and they're just kind of like living their life and he's he's writing poetry and meeting people and i it's hard to explain because there's not really like a big this is the story that happens it's more just slice of life you're experiencing like this sort of slow and steady life with these people and and seeing the things that they find joy in and and the way they interact with each other it's just one of the most pleasant movies that i think i've watched in Maybe ever. So I think for this time, it's nice. It's sort of a, it's a calm, calming reset kind of movie. So Patterson is the name. Patterson. All yeah. right. And that's about the bear who like is left with a note at the train station mm-hmm. and likes marmalade. Yeah. Yep. You got okay. it. Yeah. Where's a little, oh wait, is that, that might be Paddington. Are you thinking of Paddington? Paddington's the Adam Driver film? One or the other. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right. What's next for you? Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Hey. Uh, a film that I have watched in, in lockdown. Oh, okay. Uh, I, w- I was feeling it, and you know what? It's it's one of those movies that's very much, like, there is an overarching plot, but it, it takes time by just showing, like, little scenes so you can see, like, the day in life of these characters. And it's, it's a sad movie a lot of times, but the, it's also just, like, one of those, like, great inspirational, has his heart on his sleeve kind of films it's just so good. It, it it has a timeless quality to it. Yeah, I mean, if a lot of us aren't feeling like Andy Dufresne right now, I don't I don't know. Just the idea that you know you're locked up right at this moment. So, but it's great. It's inspirational. I mean, if you haven't seen Shawshank, I saw it kind of late in life, so I had only known about its reputation. All these movies, if you haven't seen by now, uh, you should have. You should see them. So it's considered you know one of the greatest movies ever. The '90s are like ridiculous when you start going over like the greatest movies of the 90s and like what was going on yeah so especially i was just looking up like 1999 in film it's insane so i've never seen shawshank redemption 
And it's a Stephen King short story. Sorry. So it, apparently, Stephen King didn't understand how it could be made to a movie, but the director's like, it seems pretty obvious to me. Mm. You need to watch Shawshank Redemption. Okay, maybe it's I, great. Will. Maybe I, I will. I'm not a huge, whatever his name is, Tim uh, Tim Robbins. I'm yeah. not a huge like Tim Robbins fan, but no I mean, he's, he's great in it. And uh, it's got all these little uh, things. What's his name? Uh, Lex Cuj- Luthor. Cujo. Oh, no. No, Cujo's not in it. He's not Lex in it. Lex Luthor. Clancy Brown's in it. Oh, Nick, you need to see. You need to watch The Matrix for the first time. I've you seen need to the Matrix. Watch Shawshank Redemption for the first time. I haven't time. seen Shawshank, but I've seen The Matrix. Yeah, it was okay. on Netflix, so I was like, you know what? I've seen this, but I'm not like a huge rewatcher of movies when it's just by myself. But uh, I did it with Shawshank. Okay, so I opted for a different Keanu movie on my list here. Not The Matrix. Who? Okay, and that is the film Destination Wedding. With Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. <laughs> Hear me out. Hear me out. I've, I've talked about this movie before. It's just... Sure sometimes it's just so pleasant to watch two actors who That's have true. a shorthand with each other, who just... just The other one drops something, the other picks it up instantly. Like, the chemistry mm-hmm. that they have... It's not It's not like... You know, if you read this script, you'd probably be like, okay, fine, that sounds like mm-hmm. a nice like one-act play for college students to put on. But, like, watching the movie and just seeing how good they are and how well they play off each other is something... There's just something really compelling about it. And it's also interesting because they're the only two who have any dialogue in the whole movie. Right. And so it's really just the two of them. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for that reason, I I have that on my list. Hmm. Okay. I actually just watched the Keanu reeves Renona Ryder film. Really? Yeah. Scanner Darkly. I didn't realize the two of them were in it together. Oh, okay. Was it good? yeah, I liked it. It's based off a Philip K. Dick story. I don't know if it's a short story or not. It's kind of in the uh, seven years from now is what it says. It, it kind of deals with like drugs and the effect it has on people in this kind of slightly futuristic setting. Robert Downey Jr. is in it. It was filmed live, and then they did rotoscope by tracing over it. So it's an animated film. Oh, interesting. So like... All the animation is them being traced over, which is interesting. Okay. And I, I felt bad for all the animators doing having to trace over Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because like he's just mo- he he's the character he's playing is really uh, is really fun, but like he's just moving his hand. And Woody yeah. Harrelson is in it as like a tripped out uh, surfer stoner. So just like I don't know, you have to be like every, they have to do it frame by frame, and just like doing that over those over those two actors, it's. It must have been insane. So speaking of uh, speaking of Robert Downey Jr., we rewatched Iron Man three last night, oh, yeah. a film that I have not seen since I saw it in theaters. And I'm that's true. It is true, and I'm happy to say that it that it holds up. Yeah, I like that one. It's still good. On the flip yeah. side of that, I also rewatched The Amazing Spider Man with Andrew Garfield. Still bad. Oh yeah, still not. You good. know, on Twitter, I saw I I went on to film Twitter. Don't go on to film Twitter if you want to have a good day. But I did. And somebody was like, let's rank the Iron Man trilogy. And I'm like, how do you rank it? It's just one, three, and two. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. I don't understand. Right. Who are these other people like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. take a look at this. Yeah. In this report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Anyway. Uh, all right. So uh, Destination Wedding. I haven't heard of that. But when I got for the library, I'm like, you know who are two actors that are going to be able to check out just based off of their faces on the cover? Keanu and Renona. Yep. Together. I yep. think they've been in like four movies together. Yeah. Four or like five. That. Something like that. Because I weren't they one. I don't know if they were. They were in one in the eighties that I don't know about. Okay. But they were in that Dracula movie. Mm-hmm. And they were in uh, that movie you're talking about, Scanner. And they're always playing like against each other. They're yeah. never like in a movie. Yeah. Not together. Right. 
though. Why didn't they just get married? I don't know. Maybe it's so not too stupid. late. Well, he's he's dating. Isn't he engaged now? I don't know. I don't follow. It's all ruined. Oh, you don't follow Keanu Reeves? No, not really. Oh, jeez. Sorry. All right, The Truman Show. Yeah. Is on my list. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably because I've been watching some Peter Ware films. I just watched uh, Picnic at Hanging Rock and uh, Witness and Fearless and uh, thinking about rewatching uh, Master and Commander. Mm. I love, uh, which, like you're talking Harrison Ford Witness. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Love it. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty intense. So uh, Truman Show is on my list just because it's good to remember that we need people and mm-hmm. uh, to remember that, I don't know, like Truman's story in it with him just craving like real, real life and real human reaction. I think it's going to be kind of relatable right yeah. now. It's just a great movie. I know. Um, I loved, I loved all the shots where they're like, where they're showing him in school and stuff. And he's like, I want to be an explorer. And the teacher's like, well, they found everything. So you can't. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I know. All, yeah, all that all stuff is stuff. so funny. Like the way they're yeah. just manipulating him, pushing it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, but it, it is sad, but it's funny. Yeah. I was, I just kept coming back to the Truman show. I was like, that seems like a pretty good quarantine film right now. Yep. A lockdown film. Yep. So another nineties film. That's a, that's three nineties films for me. And I technically, Fellowship of the Ring started filming in 1999. So that counts. Well, uh, for my next pick is going to be Joe versus the Volcano. Ha! <laughs> What's so funny about not, that? That just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's it's not too different from picking like a Keanu Renota film. Yeah. Because like as classic as you get with uh, Hanks and... Uh... Uh, yeah. Matt hey, Ryan have you seen The Money Pit? With Shelley Long and, and Tom Hanks. Yeah, I've seen The yeah. Money Pit. Yeah. Is that good? It's on Netflix right now, but I haven't ever seen it. I haven't watched it since I was a child. But I, oh, think, okay. I think it is good. I think so. All right. All right. But yeah. go on with Joe and the Volcano. I think this is one of my mom's favorites. Have you seen it? Yeah. I watched it when my mom saw it. Okay. Joe oh. versus the Volcano. The, okay. So first of all, you're in like a heightened version of the world. And Doesn't so you, Meg Ryan play three characters? She does. Okay. So right away, like as soon as you start, you know that it's like, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's sci-fi, but you're looking at a world that is not our own. And that right. becomes like really clear really early on. And... The premise is basically that Tom Hanks has this like dead end life that he hates and finds out that he has a terminal disease. And, you know, an eccentric millionaire is like, well, if you go jump into this volcano, I'll give you, you know, everything you want for the next two weeks or whatever it is. And so it's just sort of him being like, yeah, okay, and just rolling with it. But the thing is, it's like that sounds like it would be like a zany sort of madcap kind of movie with him running around, you know, mm-hmm. like, he, like he does in Big, just buying things and, and being crazy. Right. But it's not. It's it's very contemplative and it's very tight on, on this character just going through this, just having this experience. And yes, Meg Ryan plays three different characters along the way and they all kind of relate. You sort of see, you see where it's coming from and she's great. I mean, she makes each one of them uh, pretty unique and it's just a movie that is to be experienced. You know, mm-hmm. you're just supposed to like, it's not about the plot. It's not about, you know, the, the each step of the way. It's just the whole experience. And so I think for that, it's a really good movie to just like be in pajamas with Ben and Jerry's to just sit there right. and be like, huh, that was interesting. Yeah. It seems to get like, I don't know. I've always kind of considered it as like a cult classic, but yeah. it seems like. People have seen it, so I don't know. It, well, I just think it's one of those ones where, especially if you're if you're going in reverse order, you know, if you're like Sleepless in Seattle and you've got mail and all that, then you're like, oh, and Joe versus the Volcano. It does not fit with those other movies. It's not mm. the same kind of thing at all. And it's also not really what you expect from either Tom Hanks or Meg Ryan, especially at that time. So mm. I think expectations are a lot of it. But I really think, 
I really think you sit down with an open mind, you'll have a good time. All right. Yep. Where, 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 where hmm. are we at for you now? What do you got? Uh, well, that was my five. <laughs> oh, more have do, not. Just do five? Okay. Okay, right. well then. Uh, I will say uh, the, the, the Singing in the Rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think that's one of my favorite musicals. And uh, that that one, I mean, that's just going to be as comfort food as it gets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, singing in the rain, I, I it feels like it might be the most comforty food of all, like those types of mutas, musicals. I don't know, maybe South Pacific is even more of a comfort food dish, but it, it's just it's just so uh, like gorgeous to look at, and it's it's just a lot of fun. I don't know if you haven't seen Singing in the Rain because. You're not into older movies. I, I, it stands up. So okay. that would be my comfort food pick of this situation we're in right now. Okay. All right. Well, let me just go rapid. Gotta fire. dance. Go on. I'm just going to go rapid fire then through the rest of my list. Okay. okay? You ready? Yeah. They are as follows. Be kind, rewind. Mm. Kind of a so similar funny. similar explanation that I would give to Joe versus a volcano. It's just, mm, it's an experience. Sure. You know, it's just very, yeah. it's, a, it's a pleasant movie. Jack Black, Moss Def, very good. Yeah. Uh, seeking a friend for the end of the world. Have you seen this? Oh yeah. No, I haven't. But you're always you I, love this movie. I, do. I still I haven't it. watched it. Steve Carell, Kieran Knightley. There's an asteroid heading towards Earth. They yeah. strike up an unlikely bond, and mm-hmm. it's just it, you wouldn't think those two have chemistry, but they're great together. Yeah. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I should have thrown that in my books. Oh yeah. My quarantine because that book is great. Yeah. And that's definitely one of those like. Uh, I don't know. There's just so much to it. There's, yeah. And it will make you want to read after it, too. Yeah. So. Well, just like with some of the others I mentioned, I mean, it's that one is so much about the, the chemistry and the camaraderie with the yeah. actors in that movie. I mean, everybody's just hitting their marks perfectly and mm-hmm. supporting each other and, and just making a, you know, a, a really excellent movie. Uh, 21 Bridges with Chadwick Boseman. This is where a murder happens and they close off Manhattan, they close all the bridges, mm-hmm. and he's got a matter of hours to solve the mystery. It's very contained. Uh, you're following, you know, a, a minimal amount of characters, and it's just high action. Not even action. It's just very intense. It's very intense. Right. So I think that's a lot of fun. Same with The Fugitive. Always always good to watch The Fugitive. Uh, the, Harris, the Harrison Ford. Ford. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, me and my wife were debating, like, uh, Witness or Fugitive. And yeah. I think I, you still have to give it up to Fugitive. Yeah, yeah, you because, probably do. I mean, probably just because of the Tommy Lee Jones difference in that movie. Yeah. You know so. what? I like U.S. Marshals, too. So. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen that one. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, sci-fi movie called 400 Days with Brandon Routh. It's about this group of astronauts who uh, are doing, like, a psychological test to see how people react to being, mm-hmm. like, in a space station for 400 days. Right. And... As it goes on, you just stop being able to tell what's real and what's not. Mm. And there's just something about it that I find very engrossing and incredibly watchable. Right. Finally, Eat My Dust. It's a Ron Howard movie uh, that basically is just about him uh, him and a girl stealing a car and just, like, joyriding around and, and having mm-hmm. a good time. I love it. Right. And uh, that's it. That's my list. Okay. Rolling Stone put this list out, like, in 2015, and then they updated it. Because it used to be Rolling Stone's top 20 sci-fi films of the 21st century. Okay. And in 2017, they updated it to Rolling Stone's top 40 sci-fi films of the 21st century. Okay. So it's supposed to be movies from 2001 until 2017 when they did this. So there are a couple of movies in the last last couple of years that aren't Mm -hmm. on there. I like the list a lot. I watched a couple of movies because of this list. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if you're looking for some genre films, a lot of these, a lot of the films are smaller budget 
yeah. sci-fi films that maybe you haven't heard of, like Another okay. Earth or Monsters or whatnot, that I think are worth your time. So, uh, you know, any list that includes Moon on it I, is yeah, is a list a I can list. recommend. Yep. So, yeah, if you're looking for some uh, for some genre films, I mean, it's the reason I finally sat down to watch uh, Scanner Darkly. Mm-hmm. So, their number one film on their list is Children of Men, which is fantastic. But, is that Clive, I mean, Clive Owen? Is that that Clive yeah, Owen? the Clive okay. Owen one. But I mean, it's got it. Ex Machina and yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, okay. uh, Primer. So definitely check that list out. And uh, if sci-fi is your game, but you haven't uh, seen most of these movies, do it. Yeah, and, and please feel free to share your list with us on Twitter at, at yeah. the All the Book Show. There's so many different directions to go. I mean, we could have just done isolation movies. We could have just done feel-good movies. Yeah. When I was making this list, my wife was like, oh, Lady Bird. you got to put Lady Bird on there because she just loved that movie, and it was just one of those ones that just made her happy and made yeah. her feel good. And I feel like that's really that's what you're going for. I think when you're, when you're looking for something in this moment, which is, which totally explains my reading for the last, like, you know, 60 yeah. days is all been that kind of stuff. You know, I've definitely been looking for like absorbing yeah. films. Yeah. Like, uh, so I've been using, like we said, I've been using the criterion channel mm-hmm. and it's cause usually I am like a, uh, a genre film. Yeah. And, but there's something weird about watching things on the criterion channel in that they're, a lot of times they're not genre films as I like think about them, like sci-fi and fantasy and whatnot. But they're just so. A lot of them are just so weird and unique that they feel like a genre film unto themselves. I don't know. I just watched The Limey with uh, Terrence Stamp, okay. and I loved it. I want another film just like it. I just watched uh, Electra with Terrence Stamp. Okay, different, so, different oh, thing. Okay, sorry. Uh, if if you if you like Ter- if you're a Terrence Stamper. Uh, then you should probably watch The Limey. Very good. Steven Soderbergh from 1999. It's just so good. It's got, what's his name? Peter Fonda in it. Did you ever watch, and I'm just thinking of Terrence Stamp movies I've seen recently, but did you ever watch Murder Mystery with uh, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler on Netflix? No. That was pretty fun. That was a Kendra, good time. Kendra, I think, was going back and forth whether uh, she wanted to do that. It's fun because it's just a, it's, it's not so much a comedy, like it's funny because they're pleasant to watch, but it is a very straightforward, like old school murder mystery. And, and we Ooh. had a really good time with it. Okay. And Terrence Stamp uh, is in it. <laughs> all right. Um, I just watched Mikey and Nikki with uh, your your guy, what the Columbo. Peter Falk. Peter Falk. Yeah. And uh, John Cassavetes. Oh, okay. So anyway, that that was interesting. Uh, I watched Persona, The Fireman's Ball, Vampire, but I also watched The Vanishing, which is this uh, based off of Bill Hader's recommendation on the Criterion Channel. Oh, and uh, it's a pretty uh, dark movie. But if anybody has any movie they like that is like The Limey or Mulholland Drive before it gets weird, er, <laughs> let me know. So all right. Anyway. All right. Well, next week we're going to be talking TV to binge. And Eric, you've already said this is a harder one for you, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, how many I'm going to be able to pick out of here. You can do it. I believe in you. These days, I don't binge TV as much as I used to. Yeah. So when I was a teenager, it's like all I did. Mm -hmm. So, and that was before the binge age. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you come back and join us for that one. You can go back and revisit our books to read during this time, revisit some of our interviews that we've done over the last couple of months, Justina Ireland, John Davey, Susan Wiggs. You can go back and check those out. Uh, anything else, Eric, before we wrap up here today? Hmm. No, I guess not. <laughs> okay. All so. right. Well, then that's going to do it for this episode of the All the Books Show. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.